Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is, and always will be, our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, an award-winning tour showcasing Asheville's spectacular rooftop views and fascinating city history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food with reserved seating and transportation included. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Home Trust Bank. Dream travel requires smart financial planning. Get ready for what's next with a local banking partner you can trust. Dream big with Home Trust Bank. Visit htb.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who love to travel to my favorite country, full of love and sun and beauty and joy, and that special place is Italy. Italy is perhaps one of the most number one bucket list destinations, but has had a hard time over these last 18 months. But it's slowly opening up and inviting guests again. So what's it like to visit Italy today? My guest is Suzanne Stavert, a travel writer, brand ambassador, and culinary explorer who just returned from such a fun trip. And Suzanne, it is so wonderful to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, Suzanne, you and I have crossed paths just recently and are getting to know each other. And it is so great to have you on Speaking of Travel. And I've been following you for such a long time. And I want to hear a little bit first about your blog, your adventures of emptynesters.com and how you got all started in that real quick. Well, thank you. Um, Yes, it was about seven years ago. And I started a blog called Adventures of Empty Nesters. And really, initially, it was just about I would write just about my feelings about the empty nest. And that is a really challenging time for so many of us. And I just started writing about my feelings and adventures. And then what ended up happening is because as an empty nester, you're no longer tethered to your children's activities. There's, you know, their school activities, their sports activities. 
you have this free time. And so we started traveling more and more. And so I started writing about that. And then the blog kind of uh, morphed into a website where there's a lot more than just the blog on, on the site. And I started becoming a brand ambassador because the brands were finding me and so many empty nesters were in the same position. They were traveling more and doing more and wanting to find adventure. And that's kind of my, my theme is hashtag find adventure. And so a new second career was born. Wow, that's so inspiring because so many of us are faced with being empty nesters, not really sure what that even means. And it is a hard time. There's a lot of change going on. It's who am I? What's my identity like? Right. We've been going through a hard time in other ways too. And as a traveler and somebody who just loves exploring and having adventures, give us a little backstory on what it's been like for you over these last 18 months or so. You know, I think it's, it's been the same for a lot of people. However, as a travel writer and, and someone who does this for a living, I mean, for example, in 2019, I took 27 trips. And, you know, I, I love what I do. I'm, I, I love representing companies. I love exploring and, and going to all these different destinations and having these adventures. And then it abruptly stops. Every article I was paid to write stopped, every tour, every trip that I had planned, everything stopped. And you end up kind of wondering, you kind of spin around in a circle, like, what is my what is my place? What, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? It was a really, really hard time. And Marilyn, I'm, I'm sure you felt those same feelings. Absolutely. I think so many people have felt those feelings when, when this all started and all the people that I was interviewing on Speaking of Travel, it was almost like musical chairs. Where did people end up? People, where do you land? Where do you land? People were in their parents' basements in their old bedrooms from childhood suddenly when they'd been uh, digital nomads. People Mm -hmm. started going, to me, it seemed like on an inner journey. What is it? Just what you were saying? What does this all mean? So what made you start to think today, not today, but in this time right now, that you were feeling better about traveling again? Well, that's a a really good question. I think we needed time to pass. You know, just to back up, back in 2020, I made some very big life decisions. Our daughter had twins and we ended up selling our home and moving to the Pacific Northwest all during the middle of the lockdown. So I was doing some traveling. It was a very, very interesting and challenging time for us. And so I had that that context, that background on what it felt like to travel during COVID. And it was uncomfortable. And I was at LAX when there wasn't a car on the road. It was the eeriest, most disconcerting feeling. I will tell you that. But fast forward now to 2021, I think we have all been waiting for just the right time to decide to take that step forward. And I, and I firmly believe that everyone has to do what's right and what's best for them. It, it's not about 
you know, me putting my feelings on other people. It's about what's doing, you know, what's best for me and for my husband when we traveled uh, together this time. And it, the time was right. And it was glorious. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. It was just glorious. There's a lot of preparation. And I will tell you that travel in 2021 is not for the weak or the inflexible. Well, give us an idea of the pre-planning that you had to do. Well, in, in general, I think if people are considering travel, there's a lot of planning involved. You just, spontaneous European travel is just not, not really the best plan. You really do have to do your research. You have to decide what's comfortable for you. How are you going to feel on that plane wearing a mask for 10 hours or 12 hours? You know, I know people are, you know, that say that's a deal breaker. I don't want to do that. In, you know, I don't know that that's going to stop anytime soon. So I think that if you want to travel, you have these certain conditions that you need to, to play within and decide whether you're comfortable with that. So, gosh, um, I flew from Seattle to Chicago and Chicago to London and London to Rome. And, you know, you had to have passed. They, they have these things called passenger locator forms, where you literally tell them flight by flight, seat by seat, where you sat, you know, where you were going for each leg of your trip. And then, of course, you have to have uh, your vaccination is much easier than going unvaccinated, I will tell you. Um, and you have your PCR test, you have your passenger locators, your negative COVID test, you have to upload everything. Um, it's quite an ordeal to get prepared to fly across the world. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to find out what it was like to actually fly across the world, Suzanne, because you <laughs> uh, you have shown us that, that pre-planning right now, especially traveling to Europe, uh, is critically important. You have to pay attention, really work it, right? Yes, you do. You, ha you have to pay attention. You have to reread every website you can get your hands on. But the information's out there. It's clear. You just have to be patient and take your time to make sure you check every box. Well, when we come back, let's pick up right there. I want to talk to you more about the background that you have in traveling and really find out because I think my listeners want to know what is it like when you actually get off that plane and you're in another country right now after we haven't been able to do that for such a long time. You're a pioneer today, Suzanne. <laughs> It's so great to have you on Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Suzanne Stavert. We're talking about Italy and empty nesters and adventures. And we'll be right back. So stay tuned.
travel is on the rise these days, and significant trips require smart financial planning. That's why Home Trust Bank is a valuable investment resource. They're a local, community-focused partner who can help manage your finances so your dream trip can become a reality. Travel light and leave your money worries behind. Connect with your local Home Trust Bank team member or visit htb.com. Home Trust Bank, helping you get ready for what's next. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm so excited to have Suzanne Stavert here with me today. Suzanne has just come back from Italy, and she's here giving us some idea of what it's like to travel internationally again. Suzanne, I feel like we're just uh, kind of I don't know. It, it feels like that moment when a new business opens and you're cutting the ribbon. <laughs> I feel like you've somehow cut the ribbon for us. So let's pick up where we left off and, and talk a little bit more about what it was like even getting on the plane once you've gone through this whole process. It was exhilarating. <laughs> I mean, you have the preparation, you have your tests, you you have your paperwork. It's so funny, you know, it's 2021 and no one prints anything anymore, but I went ahead and printed all of my passenger locator forms just to make it easier. I wanted that, the you know, the airlines to be secure, that I had everything and all my ducks in a row and all my boxes checked. And so, you know, when you get on the plane, it was exhilarating. I felt like I had like graduated or something, you know, like I got a certificate in how to get on a plane, <laughs> which seems kind of silly, but in these literal unprecedented times, uh, it was, it was a great feeling of satisfaction. And then, you know, it's a, it's a long flight. I think once you settle in and you, you have your mask on and you're watching your movies or you're sleeping and you're, you're doing whatever. Um, I felt a very positive atmosphere on the plane. I felt like the flight attendants were happy to see us. I felt like everything, all the protocols they have in, in place were, were safe. I always felt safe. I didn't question anything. I felt like these companies are really going way beyond to do everything in their power to make their customers and, and I'm not plugging American Airlines, but they did an amazing job. I felt very safe. And then when you land, it's like, hallelujah, I'm here. I am on the soil of, of Italy. It was marvelous. 
I, you, you're leaving me speechless, Suzanne. That's all I can say because I'm <laughs> trying to put myself in your shoes that I've heard these kind of uh, stories years ago from people who were traveling for the first time and what mm-hmm. it was like to get off at a uh, a foreign location, someplace they'd never mm-hmm. been, where they were really stepping out of their comfort zone. And that mm-hmm. feeling of being, uh, I want to kiss the ground. I'm so happy mm-hmm. to be here. And it sounds like that is how you feel when you get there. And I'm sure the people in the airports and like you said, on the plane, and especially once you arrive, are just welcoming you. Absolutely. I, I went on a tour with a company called Tuscan Women Cook in a tiny little town called Montefalonico in the area of Tuscany in Italy. And the people that welcomed us were thrilled to see us. They were delighted. They, they couldn't have been happier to have, to have us there. They hadn't seen many Americans in the last couple of years and you know everything was on hold everything that they held so dear that they share on this tour they didn't do it you know like i did i was sitting at home they were sitting at home and they were delighted it was, and it was funny i'm i'm a hugger by nature and with covid hugging is has become non-existent i think and you you were almost virtual hugging with people because it was, we were so overjoyed to see each other, the Italians and the Americans seeing each other. It was, it was a delight, an absolute delight. And how long were you, uh, were you traveling, Suzanne? Well, my entire trip was about 16 days, but the first week was devoted to this immersion cooking school in the hills of Tuscany. And it was as dreamy as it sounds. I mean, it, it makes you squeal. We um, Tuscan Women Cook was started about 20 years ago. And essentially, you are learning from the Nonas. And a Nona is the Italian grandmother. So we were learning how to make the local pasta. In this case, it was called peachy, which is kind of like a spaghetti, I guess, as a comparison. But we made ravioli. We made lasagna. We made peachy. We made gnocchi. We made the sauces. We made tiramisu. I mean, are you getting hungry? It was it was divine. <laughs> now, have you ever been to Italy before? I have. I've been very fortunate. This was my eighth trip to Italy. Well, you're practically a native, Suzanne. <laughs> and this is actually my second time with Tuscan Women Cook. I went four years ago, and then they invited me back four years later. And it was I fell in love with it even deeper than I had, you know, four years prior to this. But we spent we spent the days touring. We cooked. We went to small villages to the to the hilltop villages like um, Montepulciano and Pienza and all of these tiny little towns that just had the most wonderful food and the views and the weather were extraordinary. I, I couldn't have asked for a more delightful trip. Well, I'm sure that the women, all the people that you were that you were interacting with were so happy to have you there, to have your group there, to be able to mm-hmm. share and 
and love. They're such a loving people. Absolutely. And that was it. They're sharing their love for their traditions and their dishes. So to share that with someone new and, and explain the techniques and to have us and, the, and that's what travel is. It's about connecting with other people. So here we are connecting. We didn't even speak the same language. And we are connecting on a deep level of love and family and food and friendship. And it was just so validating. And, and I was emotional because I was back doing something that I so loved doing. And I just think it's so important to support this industry. And this is, you know, these are my personal feelings and I have to do what's right for me, but I loved every single morsel of the entire week and didn't want to leave. <laughs> I could definitely understand that. And it sounds like everybody that, that you were with were very compliant that uh, people were wearing their masks. They were following the protocols, having mm -hmm. their vaccination cards handy to show wherever they needed to, and really playing the game with grace and integrity. Would you say that? I agree 100%. Um, we always had our, we they call them green cards in the EU, and then we have ours it's white from the CDC. And so I always had it with me. I was probably asked a handful of times that, you know, whether we had them or not. And that was fine. Yes, we did. We were, we were, you know, there was constant hand washing and mask wearing. And yet at the same time, it didn't feel overwhelming or negative. It was, it was kind of like, this is how it's got to be to keep everyone safe. And it was okay with everyone. I love that. That gives me so much hope. You know, people have asked me over these last 18 months or more, what gives you hope? You know, everything mm -hmm. always seems so dire. And mm -hmm. what you're talking about, people, the connections, the the global realm of people to people is what gives me hope. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you were right there in the middle of it and can attest to that. I can. I can attest to it. And that's what travel does for people. And when it's when the time is right for you, I suggest it because it, you can hear it in my voice. I mean, there is nothing but joy, at, you know, exuding from my lips. <laughs> well, when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you more about the rest of your trip, because you said you were there for a week. There was more coming. I want to hear how that unfolded and also get in a little bit deeper into some of these experiences that you had, some of the people that you met, and some of these memorable experiences that you now can put into your memory bank. That sounds like a delightful idea. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm the host of Speaking of Travel, and I'm here today with Suzanne Stavert, and we are talking about travel and Italy and just hope. We're talking hope here, folks. So stay tuned.
It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting. The choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier has been a fixture in our nation's capital and a destination for tourists since 1921. On November 11th, you can celebrate the 100th anniversary of this remarkable monument with a musical tribute to our fallen heroes. Urban Arias, an opera company in Washington, D.C., commissioned brand new songs for this special occasion. The music is by the American composer Sean O'Peblo, and the words are by Marcus Amaker, the poet laureate of Charleston, South Carolina. The musicians are filmed on location in Washington, with the National Mall and the Arlington National Cemetery as scenic backdrops. You can watch the global premiere of these dramatic songs streaming on demand at urbanarias.com, November 11th through the 18th. You won't want to miss this special presentation. Free registration at urbanarias.com. That's U-R-B-A-N-A-R-I-A-S.com, November 11th through 18th. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and my guest is Suzanne Stavert, and she is a travel writer, a brand ambassador, culinary explorer and Suzanne let's talk about culinary exploring for just a minute because this trip to Italy sounds like there was a lot of food involved (laughs) and I'm sure the Italians were happy to feed you right yes there was there was plenty of food to go around um you had to kind of pace yourself and that was okay there was a lot of walking involved too because we did do touring uh, we went to Siena and we and we went to other towns uh, additionally. So there was time to kind of walk off those calories. But we had some divine, really divine meals. And so we would cook during the day. And then part of the tour then is to go to local restaurants where, like, for example, we went to one near Montefalonico and it was absolutely gorgeous. And then we had wine instruction. So we learned about Italian wines. So, I mean, if, if, the, if the trip couldn't get any better, it did. <laughs> because then we learned about the wines and how the wines would pair with each of the dishes of the meals that we were eating. And it's all, you know, and don't forget, this is local. Everything came from within two miles of this restaurant. So everything is fresh and local and and absolutely delicious. So, yeah, the food was amazing. <laughs> well, it sounds like the food was amazing. The people were amazing. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that too, Suzanne, because you, like you were saying, you've done a lot of traveling. That's been a big part of what you do. And and I'm sure you must have just so many stories of people who you've met along the way. I 
I was talking on Speaking of Travel the other a couple of weeks ago just about what we miss so much right now about traveling are the people that we meet and the experiences and how sometimes you can meet somebody in the most obscure way so randomly and they become your best friend for life. Did you find that you were experiencing that this trip? Yes. And and I I find that on on every trip. There's someone or something or someone special that you meet that you you didn't know you were ever going to meet them ever in your lifetime and there's this connection, there's this twinkle in their eye and your eye and you have this this kinetic kind of attraction. And what I love the most is when you have two different people that don't speak each other's language, yet you could communicate, it it just warms your heart because they're, they're being validated by your presence in their country and your excitement for what they're sharing with you is so meaningful. And I would have experience after experience about that because they're showing you their local traditions, their, you know, the things that are important to them. And you are welcoming that information into your heart. And I just, it was time and time again. And then, so being around these, these grandmas, I mean, they're so good and they're so strong and they're rolling pasta like professionals and, you know, you think, oh, this is tiring. And you, you, you look over and this 80 year old woman is is busting your chops because she's done 10 of them by the time you finished one. And so it was just so inspiring, the energy and the positive, the positive energy that they were portraying was just delightful. Well, this this is making me very happy because <laughs> we all need this right now. And like you said, Right now, traveling is very challenging. It's not for the faint of heart. As some would say, it's not for sissies. No, it's not. <laughs> so, but it sounds like if you were that person who really feels this pull, uh, you know, we talk about you being a brand ambassador, but really just being a travel ad- ambassador, being able mm-hmm. to. Uh, forge the way, if you will, to hold up a mirror for all of us and say, people are still people wherever you go, and they are doing really inspiring things, regardless of what the circumstances are right now. They are doing inspiring things. And I think that just by waving the travel flag, I think is important. And it may not be for someone right now, but perhaps it's this conversation can inspire them for a future trip when it, when the time is right for them. And I do think the preparation is important. So you have to decide what type of trip you're interested in, and then you got to put your, 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 your pieces in place because it's not that easy. You can't just pick up and decide to go to Italy or to go to another country. You need some preparation and you need to go with people who know what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, let's let's fast forward a little bit. You've been with this tour. You've done all the food preparation. You had the wonderful experience with the women and the uh, the grandmothers and the food. How did you step off from that 
to make a plan for the second part of your trip? That's an excellent question. Well, so I spent the first week um, alone. There were actually uh, seven of us on this tour. There was a group of of women. You know, there was a grandma, the mom, the sister-in-law, and two granddaughters in one group, and then a couple from Pittsburgh that were newly married and found each other. One was a widower and one was not, and they found each other in life later and they were a delight to watch i'll tell you so we had just this yummy just cohesive group of people so then um my husband decided my husband of 37 years um wanted to meet me and so we we wanted to go places in italy that we hadn't been to before which is not that easy because we've been fortunate to see a lot of of italy so we decided to meet in milan so I planned, I took a train from Montefalonico in Tuscany, and he flew in from Seattle to Milan. We met there and we spent three or four days in Milan. And then we rented a car and took the roads to Portofino, which is not for the faint of heart either. And we stayed in uh, Portofino for several days. And then we finished our trip in a small town named Menaggio on Lake Como, I had never been to Lake Como and everyone always says, oh, you have to go. I'm telling you, you have to go because it is divine. And I will tell you about Milan. I ended up hiring a tour guide from Milan Private Tours. Her name is Alice. And honestly, her input and her knowledge was a game changer for me. And we went and saw The Last Supper which was magnificent. And so she had some lovely commentary that went along with it. We went to the Duomo, the Milan Cathedral is the third largest cathedral in the world. And then we ended up because of her and her knowledge of the ticket, we realized we could go back the next day and literally go to the roof of the cathedral. And we walked the edge of the Milan Cathedral. It was unbelievable. It was so great. Wow. So then we moved on to Portofino and then to Como and both of both cities were dreamy, absolutely dreamy. Suzanne, this whole trip just sounds like you said divine that all the prep, all the, the anxiety. I think that's something that we all have to face right now as we venture back out into travel, that there's a lot of anxiety. There's even a lot of travel shaming. Oh, Mm. you're traveling right now? What kind of person are you that you would take a risk? Now, the people that I know who are traveling call it a conscious risk. We know what the consequences could be, And yet this inertia, this drive, this whatever you want to call it, calling, uh, Mm -hmm. is strong enough to overturn any of those kind of negative what-ifs that are going on in your head. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about some, maybe some travel tips that you could give some uh, to, to us about some of the areas that you found through your experience, whether pro or con, like this worked, but maybe this didn't, uh, that could help us as we're venturing out into the, into the world again. 
Of course. I'd love to. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Suzanne Staverd, and we're just really having a fun time learning about travel again. I think we all are on the, I would say, on the verge right now. So stay tuned. Let's get some tips here. I want to know how to pack for one thing. We'll be right back. Fall in North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains is the perfect time to get out and explore. With all the natural wonders and beautiful vistas, now is the time to create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky. With the region's most popular online travel guide, not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Suzanne Staverd. And Suzanne, what a pleasure talking to you about your venture out into the world and these wonderful experiences that you've been able to have by playing the game and doing what's right. It all played out for you, didn't it? It, it sure did. And, you know, I, I wanted to add one little thing, you know, in order, when you say play the game, um, you have to have your PCR test, you have to have your rapid test to come back. So you really are providing a safe place when you come home, because you're, you're not bringing COVID back to the United States, you are taking a test. And we ended up going to an international uh, pharmacy in Lake Como, of all places. It was an outstanding experience. We made a reservation, we went in, it was professional and clean, and it took 15 minutes. But you don't have to, to come back home, you don't need a PCR, which is the one that's kind of feels like someone's poking your brain. Uh, This was more just a swab. But how comforting is it to have this negative test in your hand, knowing you are doing your part. I, I couldn't have been any quote unquote cleaner <laughs> than I was coming back to the U.S. So I wasn't bringing any, any, anything negative back to where we live. And I love that. I love that too, Suzanne, because what it's showing is that through this time of transition that we've all been going through, they have put protocols in place for our safety. Mm-hmm. And when people are starting to uh, adapt and be a part of that, uh, that is very encouraging. It is. And, you know, I think it's going to be similar to the new protocols we had with TSA when you, you know, taking your shoes off and you're pulling out your laptop and all of those things. I remember thinking, oh, this is so much. This is so much. I have the same feeling it'll be that way with COVID testing. I think there will be protocols in place that you just start to accept 
And that way it keeps everyone safe. Well, I'm just so glad that you were uh, out there experiencing this for us and able to, to reinforce what I think so many in the travel industry, especially, have been promoting. Nobody's Mm -hmm. pushing travel down your throat. They're saying, we are taking the proper protocols. Uh, The airlines are putting in ventilation. The airports are putting in stations and signage to ensure and mandates that you wear your mask. And Mm -hmm. now the people who are choosing to make this journey are saying, okay, we're, we're on board here. Well, and, and, and I did it in, in a, in a way of, of, of faith. I had faith in the system and, and faith that, that everything was going to be fine. I never felt afraid. I felt like all the things were in place. And in my particular personal experience, it was outstanding from all sides, from the passengers from the fellow travelers, I just felt everyone was doing their part, and it was very comforting. I'm so glad to hear that. Now, what will be comforting for me is to know how you were able to pack light. (laughs) So give us a little insight, Suzanne, on how you made that choice to really travel light. Well, I'll tell you, I think, number one, it's in the shoes, because... If you bring too many shoes, then your suitcase is too he- is too heavy. So you and you've got to have comfortable shoes. I think I've given up the whole trying to be stylish every day. You've got to be comfortable. So I would say I would I ended up doing like one kind of dress up wedge and then a pair of tennis shoes, sandals. And I think that might have been it. And then you kind of layer up and, and I also think that it's your color choices. So don't choose one color palette that isn't going to be cohesive with everything else. So you choose something that everything mixes and matches. You choose black, khaki, white, navy. You, you choose a, just a small color palette that literally anything can be worn with anything else. And so there's not a lot of thinking involved. It's really more about comfort. And then make sure you bring a rain jacket because I found we had unexpected rain. And if you don't have some sort of lightweight rain jacket, I think you could be kind of unlucky (laughs) because you're going to get wet. And so I would say that and pack a small, lightweight, um, collapsible umbrella. I think those kind of little things always have a ball cap or something to keep your your face out of the sun. And if you have a bad hair day or it's raining, you've got the ball cap and you're you're fine. Those are some of my tips. Um, And don't overpack. You pack once and then pull out five things because you, you have way too many things. I promise you, you don't need all of them. I've heard that over and over again that uh, I can remember going on a trip and getting to the connecting hotel uh, before we were leaving to go to our destination and we were spending the night there because we had an early flight. And I opened my suitcase and I was just horrified of what I had done. And I ended up, uh, you're going to laugh, you think, oh, Uh you know so much about travel. I ended up taking half of 
everything in my suitcase out, putting it in a FedEx box, and <laughs> shipping it home. Well, you know, there's also one other thing that you can do is, is sometimes when you're going to these small towns in other countries, you can actually donate your clothing also, which isn't a bad way to go to, to kind of keep that in mind thinking, well, I'm going to bring it over there, but I don't know that I need to take it home. The other thing you need room in that suitcase for to bring home those, those items, the cheese, the truffles, the, those things you can't get over here that you want to bring home olive oil. I brought home olive oil. Good grief. All this food stuff. It was delicious. Now, do you put that in a, uh, 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 checked luggage, all that food stuff? Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And then what I found with the cheese, they do vacuum sealing. So it is fresh. It doesn't have to be refrigerated. So, um, we went ahead and, and put that in our suitcase. Yeah, you don't carry it on. You definitely need to check your bag. So you need a little space in that bag for those new spices that you're discovering when you're going to these new countries. You want to bring home that that dried oregano that you can't get anywhere else. Well, you're just uh, you're just a spice girl right now, Suzanne. I'll tell you <laughs> what, you are... You have so much flavor. So let us know how we can get more information about uh, about what you do and who you are and how we can uh, sign up for your newsletters and just stay in touch. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, you can come to my website, which is adventuresofemptynesters.com. Uh, on Instagram, I have two accounts. One is at Suzanne Stabert, and the other is at Adventures of Empty Nesters. And I also will tell you that I am starting my own podcast and it is called Travel Connections and you can find it on anywhere that you listened to your podcast. You can find my podcast and um, I hope you'll come listen. I know I'm going to get to interview you on my podcast, which I'm very excited about and I appreciate it. So that's where you can find me. Well, Suzanne, I just wish you so much um, joy and and happy travel experiences. And I just love having you on Speaking of Travel. I'm looking forward to being on your podcast. And let's just keep on on doing what we do and, and bring this information that is so timely to the to the people who are out there who dream of travel and, and are making their plans. I totally agree with you. We just need to keep waving that travel flag because it's a wonderful thing. Well, thank you again, Suzanne, for being on Speaking of Travel. We'll look forward to hearing more from you as uh, as time goes on. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Well, I think we can all agree when we travel that something begins to shift. I think of it as a on-the-verge experience. I know I discover my own strengths when I'm in an unfamiliar place or a new situation. And it's all so magical. After planning and dreaming for so many of us after this time especially, traveling again brings out all our imagination and even make-believe. Centuries-old streets, towns and cities with castles and cobblestone sidewalks, and the people. Traveling lets your imagination go crazy. You're going to want to take pictures and write in your diary and keep those experiences alive for when you get home. Those memories will be there with you forever. 
So if you're dreaming of traveling and feeling like it's getting close, make a plan and get going. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.